Broadcasting from Manhattan Beach and the World Wide Web, you're listening to CHSRHealthyLife.net. As a service to our listeners, this program is for general information and entertainment purposes only. CHSRHealthyLife.net does not recommend, endorse, or object to the views, products, or topics expressed or discussed by show hosts or their guests. We suggest you always consult with your own personal, medical, financial, or legal advisor. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by, powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Good morning, everyone. Good afternoon. Good evening. Wherever you are, this is a fabulous time of day. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And we come to you each and every week right here on Healthy Life, bringing you conversations with leaders in the field of human potential, people that are living life full out. And our theme this year is Get Out of the Gate in 2008. I'm thrilled to be introducing you to Susan Benjamin joining us here today. And, and, you know, she knows a lot about living life full out. She is the author of the Manager's Answer book, Practical Answers to 200 Questions Every Manager Asks. And today we're going to be talking about that and much more. And so just so you know, Susan is the host of a very popular talk radio show, The Greater Voice. She's been a business problem solver for almost 20 years. Publications from the Wall Street Journal to the Chicago Tribune have featured her novels and approaches to management, as well as helping each of us understand the importance of communications and communications-related issues. She's appeared on CNN, Business Talk Radio, National Public Radio. I could go on and on and on. The point is that she is someone that understands how to build a bridge. And the bridge that we're talking about is a bridge that most often we don't pay much attention to. And that is how we communicate and understand each other, whether that's in the workplace, whether that's in our families, whether that's in the street, whether that's in a grocery store. It doesn't matter. Are we connecting? Are we making sure that we are understood? She's joining us here today so that we can take a look at how we can approach some of the modern-day issues we have in organizations, in businesses, and what's really important to people, what's on their minds, what are the questions. Susan's joining us here today. Susan, are you, are you with us? I most certainly am. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good wherever you are. Nice to hear from you, Pat, and I'm so happy to be here. Well, it's exciting to have you here because this is a topic that's near and dear to my heart. And I wanted to ask you, you've written a book, The Manager's Answer Book, Practical Answers to 200 Questions. I guess the question I want to ask you is whenever I see a book like this or get ready to have a conversation like this, there's usually a story behind it. And the story usually has to do with people overcoming obstacles. What are some of the obstacles that you overcame to bring you to this very moment? Well, it, it's a, that's a good question and an interesting one. Um, the reason why I wrote the book, quite honestly, is that my agent told me Sourcebooks, who's a wonderful publisher and who's published other books of mine, needed somebody to write a book for managers. And I thought about it because my area, I've been a manager. I've owned my own business for, boy, 25 years, I think it is. Um, and, and I really thought about it, though. Do I want to write this book, don't I? And it was really clear that, yes, 
I do. I almost urgently do because managers really need to recognize the importance of the small personal um, let's say tasks that they have to do rather than simply look at the big picture we've got a job let's get it done let's use technology boom so I I just you know I kind of thought do I want to write yet another manager's book and then I said yes because we really need one and that's how I got to where I was and um, be, and a lot of the information there I would say came from other people's struggles managers who I met with who had employees who were sabotaging them um, managers who had outcomes they have to re- had to reach, but they didn't know how to, they didn't know whether they reached them or not. So there were a whole lot of issues that I dealt with as a um, an advisor to managers, which really was looking at the issues that they had to confront, and the problems they had to get through, and basically they didn't have the tools to do it. Well, and you know, let's talk about the tools. And I want to ask you, Susan, uh, as we get ready to go to breaks here. I want to ask you a question to kind of contemplate on. Have the issues facing management changed in the past five, ten years? Are we dealing with different issues? Are we dealing with different employees? Are we dealing with different rules of the game? I mean, this is the question uh, that I think is, you know, pondering so many people's minds. Is this a different place to be? Is management something that doesn't exist the way it used to do five, ten years ago, let alone let's even go back to when you could become a manager and go up the feet and go up the ladder, as they say, climb the ladder to success. Susan Benjamin is my very special guest today. We're going to be exploring these questions and many more. How can we as managers be the best that we can be, satisfy the people at the top, and take care of the people that are working with us. I call it manager in the muddle. Susan has the answer, the manager's answer for practical questions to 200, uh, practical answers to 200 questions every manager asks. Let's take a short break. When we come back, we'll be back with Susan Benjamin and reveal the answers to some of these very difficult questions. Stay tuned. You're listening to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive by. We'll be right back with the show. Sometimes your favorite shows on HealthyLife.net are on when you're busy. Maybe you're working, sleeping, exercising, eating, or meditating and forget to listen to your favorite Healthy Life host. Now there's a solution. You can record or schedule a recording time of any of our radio shows direct to your PC. Then listen on your PC to the show anytime or convert the file to an MP3 and download it to your iPod or MP3 player. The iSound WMA MP3 Recorder 6.57 software offered by Abyss Media is easy to use and affordable for only $29.95. Plus, if you have any problems, you can receive free email technical support. Speaking of technical information and general info on how to order the iSound WMA MP3 Recorder 6.57 software, you can get all of that information right on our website at HealthyLife.net. You don't have to miss your favorite show ever again. Plus, you can download your favorite show and take it anywhere you want. Order the iSound WMA MP3 recorder right from HealthyLife.net today. Naturally, you make a strong statement about who you are with fabulous new clothing, shoes, bedding, and more from Eddie Bauer, the essential brand of quality apparel and gear with the up-and-coming 
and those who have already arrived. Today's generation knows that Eddie Bauer is the source for everything casual, comfortable, and with a flair for the entire family. Shop anytime, day or night, at eddiebauer.com, an affiliate of HealthyLife.net. And don't forget, Eddie Bauer gift certificates make the perfect statement, too. Now available at eddiebauer.com. HealthyLife.net, the positive radio network. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. This is Talk Radio to Thrive By. And I want to thank you all for supporting the show. We have got just so many really cool things. Um, I want to mention to everyone that uh, starting in about two weeks, uh, we're going to be um, opening up our newsletters so that you can find out more about how to find out more about us. And each month, we're going to be raffling an iPod away with uh, over 20 Dr. Pat shows already in your iPod. And so there's lots and lots and lots going on for us here, and we want to share it with you. Uh, many things, including our expansion into the New York, New Jersey market, which is very, very exciting, and an opportunity for each and every one of you to participate in what we're calling Dr. Pat's Holistic Makeover. And so stay tuned for all of this great information and what we're doing and much more. Brand new home page coming up. Many people said you gave yourself a facelift. And all we've done is given you an opportunity to participate more in the things that are going on. We want to thank you for your support. Susan Benjamin is my guest guest today. She is the author of the Manager's Answer Book. And so there are 200 questions, 200 answers, and I guess a bunch more. Susan, welcome to the show. Well, thank you again. I'm really happy to be here. Well, let's talk about my first question, which is, you know, it, 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 you know, have things changed? And, you know, what is that, the pace of that change? And I think I, I kind of pointed out, you know, a time frame of five, ten years. You know, but have things changed and how so? Things have changed a lot, and yet things haven't changed at all. Things, You know, what's that expression, Tap? Something things change, change and something stay the same. Yeah, right, and, and in this case, both. It's happening um, simultaneously. I'll tell you the most obvious um, change is because of technology and what that's done. So let me give you two quick examples. Number one is that people are now working from home and they're working virtually. So that we have a different kind of relationship with our employees. They tend to be more abstract in some way. You don't see people. You don't interact with them quite as much. So that's that's one that's one issue. Now the second issue is something I would say that managers don't much about but really need to. And that is the effect of what we can call viral communications. Meaning that because of email and because of all the different technologies available to us, rumors spread like wildfires. Successes, on the other hand, also spread like wildfires. So the, the the ideas that once took a long time to kind of go through the organization and that would shape the culture and so on now are immediate and rampant and subject to both truth but also rumor and what that can mean. I love the idea that we're talking about rumor because uh, I don't know about you, but in my career uh, as a senior executive in human resources, nine times out of ten, the rumors were correct, and we found out, you know, we're the last people in HR to find out. How do rumors fuel the fire of either success or failure these days? 
rumors are really, they're really funny things. And, and let's say that the rumors are tied in with gossip. So can we talk about gossip, too? It's yeah, let's time. do it. Everybody's talking about gossip. It's like one of the top shows on television these days. Oh, is it really? Yeah, well, yeah gossip I thought or it was a or I don't know. All right. So gossip within an organization, most people think it's a bad thing. Don't gossip. Don't talk about other people. But the reality is it can be a really good thing. It's how we get information about each other and how we know what what to expect. For example, if you're told that your boss, let's say you're an employee, that your boss is a really difficult person, but you know what? She gets the job done, and if you do a good job, She'll stand by you when promotion time comes around. That helps you to understand that every time she snaps at you or isn't available in the way you would like, it's just her work style, but that doesn't mean she's all bad. On the other hand, there can be this really, really um, destructive gossip, which is where people gossip on a personal level. They say bad things about other people. They make conjectures about their psychological life or whatever. And um, it, it can really deteriorate morale. It can create a um, an, an atmosphere of distrust, and it can make people feel uncomfortable in the workplace. Tuck somewhere between those two modes of communication is rumor. Rumor can be conjecture. You can have rumor that somebody's quitting, for example. Now, whether it's true or not, in what shape the rumor takes really depends on um, the, the uh, or, or actually, that really affects the outcome. So, in other words, if somebody's um, sending along stories which aren't true and which are mean-spirited, and um, those rumors can really hurt people. But if the rumors are, as you said, true, then they can help inform them um, about what's going on in the workplace. The managers need to get in touch with those rumors because, as you said, everybody knows them, and if the managers are the last to know, especially in human resources, they can't control them, they can't respond to them, and they can't try them. That's a big problem. You know, Susan, this is for me one of the, you probably, you, you know me, but you probably didn't know this was, you know, a, a really important conversation and topic for me. Uh, and I've written about it as well, but not as wonderfully as you, as you have because, you know, the book, the Manager's Answer book, is down, is, is absolutely right there street smart, street smart about what people want to know about. I think we're all so busy, we don't want to take the time to have to muddle through a lot of things. So let me ask you this. How did you come up with the questions? Were the questions in the book? Yeah. They, they were easy because I've been consulting in organizations now for, what, 20 years? Oh, boy. So it's a collection of your, your, your experience. Well, yes. And Great. These questions, and you know what I did, Pat? I went to the questions that people asked where they felt the most grueling. And the funny thing is that you would have these senior, senior level managers as well as new managers asking questions which they were so perplexed about but weren't about what kind of technology do I use or what kind of system do I use to determine financial um, goals and outcomes. But there were a lot of them were about what do I do if I have an employee who's disruptive to the firm because they smell bad. How do I tell them that they have to take a shower? You, you know what I mean? So these were the questions that were the least complex right. and the least technical and the least financial and we're just weighing on them. It was the human element that they don't address. Well, and, you know, this is it. Yeah, you cannot find the answers to the human element in the GEI, the General in Employment Instruction Book. 
Well, of course not. And you know what? They don't tell you how to communicate either, which, of course, is a really big part of being a manager. They're not there. And those are because they perceive them. And I'm sure since you've been in HR and any of the folks out there who, who have had a lot of contact with HR know that the soft, so-called soft issues get the least attention in the hard numerical issues get the most that's another mistake um, and, and managers really need to start zoning in on the softer so-called softer realm because that will be the force which drives almost everything else well let's talk about that for a minute because you know here we are we're looking at the work that you've done and for those of you just tuning in Susan Benjamin is my very special guest today, host of an incredible show, The Greater Voice. She's been on just about every national television show that you can and radio show you can think about. Her work spans uh, years of experience of outstanding problem solving and solution, and she's joining us here today because the manager's answer book is cutting edge advice for women in power and for people in general. Let's talk about the idea of women in power and gender. Because uh, you know, I know mm-hmm. that what a what an amazing gift to have this this election right now. That's at least from the, the Democratic Party side. You know, have issues of both gender and race all over it, and we're not going to talk about all of that. But it certainly has reminded us that these things actually do exist. Oh, I know. And, you know, I, I, I agree. We should not talk about it. But, boy, wouldn't I love to. <laughs> um, my, my book is for men and women equally. But I do think, as you're suggesting, that it's really important to look at some of the issues specific to women managers because women managers are entering the workforce now in um, a universe that really has been created by men. And let's face it, women's style is different from men's, and that is not about being sexist or biased or anything. It just is. So women are looking at issues that are quite different um, today than um, so they may have wanted them to be or expected them to be because the, the lessons you learn when you're, for example, in um, getting your MBA or in your school program, they don't, they don't prepare you for that. And you really are looking at an environment that's quite different than what the workplace has to offer. And as I said, it's quite male. Let's talk about what some of these things might be that are different because, you know, we say that they're different, but let, let's, let's nail a couple of these. And oh, I was talking you would ask. <laughs> yeah, because... I think you and I see the differences, and certainly there are people that are entering the market right now that not only see the differences, but they are different. They have a different attitude about work. You know, I don't know about you, but when I went to work, and probably dating myself, I went to work, and, my, you know, my stepmom said, go work for the telephone company because you'll be safe there. They'll never fire you. Right. Well, we know that changed. But the point is, we went with a different intention. What is the intention today on, on, the, on the part of both employees and managers in terms of employment? Well, let's, okay, okay, shall we talk about women managers first? Let's talk about women managers and, first. And then we can talk about, about some of the differences, which I think is also important. Women managers are more prone to what is famously known as community building. Women managers love consensus. And and the style of, say, let let me give you an example, the style of dealing with problems is really obvious. And now the example is I give workshops and training and so on to managers, and I had a group of men and women, and I gave them 
I peer them up, men with men and women with women, and I said, here is a problem that you have to solve. You have a really negative, really um, difficult employee who's wearing everybody down. How do you deal with it? And the men said, and this really characterizes the difference, the men said, all the men said, I mean, all the men said, I'm going to tell them, you got to shape up, man, or you're out of here. And the women said, hold that thought. I thought about what the women said. Okay. We're going to take a short break. Uh, but I, I was getting ready to, you know, kind of answer the question myself as you were, uh, you were asking it. Let's take a short break. We'll find out what the women said when we come back. Uh, Susan Benjamin is my very special guest today. The manager's answer book. These are answers to questions that are on the minds of each and every one of us. When we return, we're going to find out the answer. What did the women say? Was it the same? Was it different? Let's hold that thought. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by Susan Benjamin, The Answer, and much more. Find out how you can turn any obstacle to boost your life to the next level. Discover how you can overcome your fear with faith and courage to create amazing results. These strategies are taught by Julie Thong, a Cambodian genocide survivor. Julie is an inspirational speaker, entrepreneur, and author of Kantaya, My Courageous Quest for Love and Freedom, and The Power of Fear. Face everything and rejoice. Call 888-842-2008 or visit juliethong.com. Are you the owner or manager of a struggling small business? Do you feel alone in your battles? The Small Biz Sherpa can help. Do you want to increase sales or decrease costs? Do you wish your employees were more motivated or cared as much as you do about the bottom line? Call the Small Biz Sherpa. Learn how you can change your company's fortunes by involving and engaging your staff. Create bonus and incentive programs that pay your people more while improving your bottom line. The Small Biz Sherpa has done it himself, and now he'll show you how to do it too. Visit smallbizsherpa.com or call 206-505-9752. That's smallbizsherpa.com. Small, B-I-Z, Sherpa.com. Be sure and sign up for the Dr. Pat Show newsletter so you can find out about the latest guests, events, promotions, and giveaways. Visit thedrpatshow.com and register now. Revitalize your soul with Wayne Dyer, Robert Holden, Doreen Virtue, Marianne Williamson, Greg Braden, and your other favorite Hay House authors on a day or weekend retreat in Las Vegas. It's the annual I Can Do It conference on June 26th through 29th at the Sands Expo, and it's packed with inspiring keynote lectures, interactive workshops, autograph sessions, exhibitors, and more than 35 best-selling authors. Tickets start at only $75. Call 800-654-5126 or visit ICanDoIt.net. What does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors. And their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now it even gets better than that. Because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. You're listening to CHSR Real Radio on the web. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to 
Susan Benjamin joining me here today. The website, if you want to find out more about Susan, is thegreatervoice.com. Did I get that right, Susan? The greater, did, the greater yeah. voice.com. Yep, or SusanFBenjamin.com also. My middle name is Fane. There are so many Susan Benjamins. I have to throw the F in so you wouldn't learn how to make Susan F the fabulous Benjamin.com. <laughs> yeah, sarcastically, I think. But anyway. No, listen, Susan. Question. Mm-hmm. Women. How do the women respond to that question? Let's refresh everyone's memory about what the question is. The question is, you have a problem employee because they're being negative and they're really ruining everybody's morale. I mean, it's dragging everybody down. Well, yeah, what do the men do? They give them an ultimatum. Hey, man, you better behave or you're out of here. I don't know how they work it out with human resources. But anyway, that's, that's what the men would say. What would the women say? And they said it over and over again. It was classic textbook. You want to guess? No, I want, I want to hear it from your lips. Okay, from my mouth to your ears, what they would say is, I would get everybody together and sit down and discuss how they're feeling about the workplace and make sure that we're all in line, that things are going the way that everybody's comfortable with. And um, they would also sit down with that person one-on-one and see what's going on. So the women had more of a relationship orientation, and it really was about creating a community around this one unhappy person and making sure that everybody felt comfortable about the situation. The men didn't care how they felt. It's just like knock it off. And the women felt like, you know, we're a community here and we have to keep going. I don't think, I, I think that that is a style difference. I don't think one is necessarily better than the other. I do think that what happens is women get embarrassed maybe or marginalized both in their own minds and in their employees because it's a different way of approaching um, a management situation. And, it, and that's, let, let me give you one other quick example. Um, What's different, I mean, there are so many, but what's different about the workplace, and and you had touched on this before the break, another difference is the way that we approach employees. As most people know, big organizations are relying more and more on contractors, meaning little organizations. The idea of an employee is so different because, number one, you don't need them. You know, they're dispensable. They're they're not as important. You get rid of one, you can get another, number one, um, with contractors. And then, number two, employees don't look at the job that they take as their lifelong passion. They look at it as a stepping stone to something else. So for women, because women are more relationship-oriented, it can be harder for them to let go of employees and to just kind of cut the cord there and say, you know, you're not working out than it is for men. And the sense of loyalty is, I believe, a lot stronger. With men, the issue is you come and you go as long as you're, you're helping us meet our goals. And that's fine. If you're not, then, you know, we don't, we don't need you. There's not the same sense of loyalty anymore. Well, and let's talk about that for very good reason. For very good reason, and, and this is what I want to I want to ask you about. Sure. You know, when you wrote the manager's answer book, I'm sure that having seen the transition, the repeal of you know the traditional psychological contract where uh, you work hard for me in the early years, and I'm going to repay you down the road with a pension. Yeah. I mean, that was you know one of the greatest broken promises of our history, of our century, actually. And, you know, here we are writing the manager's answer book. I wanted to ask you this question, especially for women. You know, here, and, I, and I kind of alluded to it, Susan. It, it 
different to be a manager now. It's not only that you have the people at the top pushing down, but you have the employees coming up because the bottom line is the company is not going to do the things it said it was going to do. And so then who does an employee actually really depend on? Who does an employee depend on? Yeah. I, I think that that it depends on what you mean. What what are the employees? What are the employees needing to depend on? And I was, do you mean for financial? Yes. yes. Financially. 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 Exposure. No, no, no. Themselves. Employees have got to depend on themselves. If you are an employee, do not put your money on your four hundred one k or on your pension or anything. You have got to set up your own. Um, protection there. You know, invest in whatever you want. I mean, a lot of people invest in real estate. Not your home, but other real estate. Well, you know, maybe it's a good thing. Maybe it isn't. Go get a financial advisor and get advice from them. Have a nice mix. You know, the, the usual of, of, um, a, a nice, a nice little financial package. That's yours. Because you can't rely on your, on your organization anymore and it's crazy to do so. But on the other hand, you know what? As a new employee, for example, if you're talking to younger people, do you do you really want to stay there forever? Aren't you kind of looking at moving on? And you know about acquisitions, and you know about um, layoffs. Everybody knows about that now. So you don't want to you don't want to have to rely on a system that, in the end, you may not even want to be part of, mm-hmm. or, or you may not get the chance to be part of. So yes, you've got to rely on yourself. You know, Susan. You know, this is an incredible book. It addresses a lot of a lot of questions provides a lot of answers and and I wanted to ask you out of all of the questions and you know writing a book you have to kind of scope it down you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. you probably had three times four times more questions to put in the book oh sure is there a question that you put in the book that as you look back on it now you say to yourself my gosh I'm watching this become a real issue in organizations today well, you, you know, I think that I wrote the book so recently, mm-hmm. and it was a really quick turnaround. I, I wrote it, I finished it just a few months ago, mm-hmm. so that there really hasn't been much that's changed within the organizational structure. But um, let's get back to the issue of communication. What yes. does really um, amaze me is that as the recession comes upon us, I mean, are we in a recession or aren't we? You know, who cares? I mean, things are tough. <laughs> and right. people know it. That organizations are going back to some of the old practices they use to save money, like they're laying people off or they're withholding bonuses and, you know, whatever other means. What they're not doing and they persist in not doing is looking at the communication cycles within their organization. For example, are your employees sending emails that don't really make sense so that whoever is receiving it either doesn't read the email and doesn't do what they're supposed to do or that they do read the email, they have no idea what the employee means, and they take some kind of an action as a result of it, but it may not be the right thing. If the employee sending the email isn't clear, there will be a money, a dollar amount involved because of the repeated action, emailing, emailing back, or emailing having the wrong result and having to redo it, and all that costs money. And, and, you know, money is on the minds of so many people. 
Susan Benjamin is my very special guest today. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, we'll be looking at one of the biggest mistakes managers make and how to correct it. And, you know, beyond that one big mistake, what are some of the potholes that managers can step in? And then how do we step out of it? Do we have the tools as managers to actually step out of it? There's a lot of questions. Susan Benjamin, my guest today. Uh, and, you know, for more information about Susan, you can check her out at thegreatervoice.com. Stay tuned. We'll be right back with the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Find out how you can turn any obstacle to boost your life to the next level. Discover how you can overcome your fear with faith and courage to create amazing results. These strategies are taught by Julie Thong, a Cambodian genocide survivor. Julie is an inspirational speaker, entrepreneur, and author of Kantaya, My Courageous Quest for Love and Freedom, and The Power of Fear. Face everything and rejoice. Call 888-842-2008 or visit juliethong.com. <laughs> Are you the owner or manager of a struggling small business? Do you feel alone in your battles? The Small Biz Sherpa can help. Do you want to increase sales or decrease costs? Do you wish your employees were more motivated or cared as much as you do about the bottom line? Call the Small Biz Sherpa. Learn how you can change your company's fortunes by involving and engaging your staff. Create bonus and incentive programs that pay your people more while improving your bottom line. The Small Biz Sherpa has done it himself, and now he'll show you how to do it too. Visit smallbizsherpa.com or call 206-505-9752. That's smallbizsherpa.com. Small, B-I-Z, Sherpa.com. Be sure and sign up for the Dr. Pat Show newsletter so you can find out about the latest guests, events, promotions, and giveaways. Visit thedrpatshow.com and register now. Revitalize your soul with Wayne Dyer, Robert Holden, Doreen Virtue, Marianne Williamson, Greg Braden, and your other favorite Hay House authors on a day or weekend retreat in Las Vegas. It's the annual I Can Do It conference on June 26th through 29th at the Sands Expo, and it's packed with inspiring keynote lectures, interactive workshops, autograph sessions, exhibitors, and more than 35 best-selling authors. Tickets start at only $75. Call 800-654-5126 or visit ICanDoIt.net. What does HealthyLife.net and Amazon.com have in common? Well, they're both available on the Internet. They both give great value. But most important, most of our positive program hosts and guests are accomplished authors. And their books are available from, you got it, Amazon.com. Now it even gets better than that. Because when you're listening on air to a HealthyLife.net host or guest, you can go directly to Amazon.com and you can order your book while you're still listening to your favorite HealthyLife.net program. So when you hear an author you like, go to the homepage of HealthyLife.net and click on Amazon.com. You're listening to CHSR Real Radio on the web. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show Talk Radio to Thrive By. If you want to find out more about us, sign up for our newsletter and check us out. Uh, over 1,500 shows to download, so lots of information there. Uh, also information how to pull us out of iTunes right on the home page. We've got that link. And so you can go to our website, www.thedrpatshow.com, which is T-H-E-D-R-patshow.com. 
you want to find out our involvement in in what we call Street Street Smart Green, go to Dr. Pat's Green Challenge and check us out. We were just at the expo in New York, and we're looking forward to uh, launching a brand-new challenge. So we've got lots going on. You know, today my very special guest is Susan Benjamin. She has been in the world of business and the world of communication for over 20 years. Her book, The Manager's Answer Book, Practical Answers to 200 Questions Every Manager Asks, is is the thing that will allow us, from my perspective, to get some insight, to get some guidance. Susan, again, thank you for joining us here today. What's the best way for people to get a copy of the book? To get a copy of the book, they can go to my website and let me know. They can go to Amazon.com or they can go to just about any bookstore in the country and even parts of the world. So, yeah, just head, head there. If they don't have it, then um, they can surely order it for you. It did just come out, and, and you'll also find a number of other books that I've written that are in the bookstores. Excellent. So here it is, the biggie. The biggest mistakes managers make. Is there such a thing as a big mistake, or is, are there yeah. a lot of little ones? Yeah, and you know what I think the biggest mistake is? They don't plan very well, ah. and they don't cheer that planning. So, in other words... They, they say, okay, we have these projects that we have to do. Let's go ahead and do them. And they just kind of kick into action. What what do you have to account for? What are the timelines that are important here? What are some of the obstacles you're going to confront? What do you have to be aware of if that, if that project, and don't they all, involves a client, even an internal client? What is it they're going to be worrying about? How do you plan for that? And they don't plan. They just, as I said, they kick into action. As a result, all these fires start flaring up, and um, and they get in trouble. But I, I want to say something. Planning, project planning, um, and, and I don't even mean project management. It's not even that complex. Your basic project planning is pretty easy to do. And in many cases, particularly if you've worked on these projects before, it takes about, what, half an hour, an hour's worth of time to figure out who you're going to use, what you expect for them, how they fit into the puzzle, and backup plans should the worst happen. And let's talk about that because we've also changed the, what I want to say, the landscape of project planning. Because when you say project planning to some, some, you know, I consider myself at sometimes an old school manager, project planning and project management meant something very different 10, 20 years ago. And so what you said is brilliant, and I and I really want you to, you know, expand on that a little bit more. And what you said was take a half hour out and plan the project. You didn't say take a half of a year. No. That's old school. Right. You you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I do know what you're talking about. Right. But a new school rule also. New school. Pardon me? Yeah, we're into a new school yeah, rule. Yeah. Now, the, the new school rule, my new school rule is <laughs> if you... If you know how to do it, then you have a nice little template in your head anyway of the way that the plan ought to work. Go to the plan. Figure it out. Bring in um, the information that you've gleaned from other projects like it and factor those into your plan. But here's a new school cautionary tale or cautionary word that harkens okay. back. That harkens back to what you said about the old school. Mm-hmm. People are so enamored of technology now. Oh. They, they'll go to a course for a week to learn how to use the new technology for project planning, and then guess what? They don't even use it. Or if they do, boy, they could have been using that time to maybe 
plan the projects instead of learning how to use the technology that helps them do it. So don't fall in love with that technology. It's really, you know, a lot of it is useful, but a lot of it isn't. And instead, think about, as I said, the important issues, dollars. How much money do you have? Employees. What are their skills? And how are they going to complement each other when they're on your team? Um, think about timing and when you really do need to complete certain tasks so that you can start others. Oh, and by the way, look at ways to shorten the, that time cycle. Look at projects you've already have that will help you to work on the ones that are coming up. I mean, there's just so much you could be doing. Um, and as I said, managers don't plan. But there's another certainty, which, which I find interesting, which is that there will always be fired, uh, fires. And I remember talking to this guy who actually trains in um, project management, and he said something really <laughs> interesting to me, which was, you know, if you plan right, there won't be any fires. And I remember thinking that he was articulating what a lot of managers may feel like to me, like if I do plan right, if I do use the right system, the right technology, and I know what my steps ought to be, then there won't be any fires. Not true. If you have an organization and you have electricity, there could be a blackout, and that could take away whole days worth of work. That is a fire. If you have a key employee who gets the flu and has to be out for five days, you can't imagine what that will do to your project until it actually happens. There are going to be fires. You need to recognize that and build them in. And so what you're saying is that, you know, there's a level of proactivity that we all need to build in into our schedule because things do happen. Uh, but there's a line that I hear you saying, and that is there's a line between planning every minute of your every day based on the fact that you're going to have a fire versus to have a backup plan like you would have a backup generator. Exactly, have a backup plan. And that could be as simple as we need to get this phase of the plan off to our client on Tuesday. So you know what? Make it the previous Friday. Put your deadline as the previous Friday so that you have that wiggle room there. You see what I mean? So that I got it. Something does happen. So, so isn't that simple? Of course it is. Or you could say, you know, we're really limited in our budget, so why don't we go for X? And then if we have more money later on, we'll go for Y. Don't say, oh, we've got to get Y. We've got to get Y. You may not be able to, and then you're really stuck. Mm-hmm. So um, those, those kinds of cautionary planning I think are important. Here's another um, tip along those lines that I think any managers who are listening now will appreciate. Be specific in your planning. And, and there, there are a number of ways. We can talk about them later maybe. Well, yeah, let's talk about it and as well as let's take a look at the issue of motivation. Oh, yeah. How do we motivate what some people are calling an uninspired workforce? Is that really true? Susan Benjamin has the answers to that and much more when we return. Uh, we return back to the Dr. Pat Show, Talk Radio to Thrive. Bye. Are you inspired at work? Are you looking for someone to inspire you? Can you find meaningful work? What does that all mean? Stay tuned. We'll be right back with those answers and much more. Are you taking too many oral pain pills and concerned about side effects? Are you having trouble getting to sleep because of the pain? 
I'm Lou Paradise. I had the same problems you have. Cured my pain, eliminated pain pills and their side effects by developing Topperson Pain Relief and Healing Cream. Topperson relieves pain without side effects. It doesn't burn, it doesn't smell, and it doesn't stain. But don't just take my word for it. Doctors, pharmacists, and pain specialists are using and recommending Topperson and ending the suffering for thousands of people just like you. We know you hurt. We want to help. We are so sure that Topperson will work for you. We offer a money-back guarantee. So if you want pain relief without side effects just ask for Topperson. Topperson is now available at Fred Meyer, Natural Food and other fine stores. Go to Topperson.com for a store near you or call 1-800-959-1007 Topperson.com or 1-800-959-1007 Topperson, the last pain medicine you'll ever need and you can sleep on that. Are you one of the millions of frustrated people who can't take off weight or keep it off on a low fat or low calorie diet? It's hard, isn't it? Well, don't despair another day. The Sugar-Free Miracle Diet is the answer to your prayers. I'm Karen Bentley, and I lost 130 pounds on this program. I'm also the founder and CEO of the Sugar-Free Miracle Diet Company. Go to SugarFreeMiracle.com, that's SugarFreeMiracle.com, and get started today. Are you ready for greater clarity, courage, and commitment to live your passions? Are you ready to succeed in sync with your soul? Are you ready to honor your soul in any situation? With 21 years of experience, Sasha Sabbath is a leadership soul coach and certified passion test facilitator at 415-328-2631. That's 415-328-2631. Or visit leadershipsoulcoach.com. A good life is essential, and that's why I listen to HealthyLife.net. And for nutritional support for me and my family, my business goes to HealthyLife.net affiliate, GNC LiveWell. It's the trusted name in the vitamin and supplement industry. And that's essential when you're the one responsible for your good health and the well-being of your family. GNC LiveWell has a multitude of convenient locations near you and is always open on the Internet at GNC.com. GNC LiveWell, the name says it all. Pep it up with positive energy power right here on HealthyLife.net. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Susan Benjamin joining me here today. Uh, check her out. Go to the website, thegreatervoice.com. There's lots of information there. And as I said before, you know, you know, if you are someone that has been pondering the questions that managers ponder, or if you are someone that is on the other side of that, you're going to want to get a copy of her book, The Manager's Answer Book, Practical Answers to 200 Questions Every Manager Asks. And so she's joining us here today to really take a look at some of the tough questions that employees are faced, managers are faced in organizations today. Susan, thank you. Thank you for joining us here on the Dr. Pat Show. Oh, my pleasure. All right, tough question. Motivation. All right, motivation. Uh-huh. Is it all perspiration? <laughs> I love perspiration. You know, you really I get into it. You just work more cool. I can't wait to right get in a sauna. <laughs> yeah, I have a requirement that kind, but I love that too. Believe me. But but what what it is is we we have left off saying some tips about how to plan, and those in fact are the very things that motivate employees. Which means that unmotivated or depressed employees may not really have a sense of purpose, of mission. So when you're planning, you don't want to say things like do a good job. What you want to do is say get 
this project done by X amount of time and do it in, um, you, you know, with whatever results you want, getting a rating of five, the top from the client, or getting in more work, or whatever the case may be. So have a really clear um, purpose. Let, bring in purpose to everything that you do. Now, if you can make that purpose really spill out and be about the community, um, even if you're working, say, for an insurance company, maybe you can let people know that what we're doing here is we will be um, working hard to process those claims even faster. Why? Not so that we can hurry up as a business and, and become more profitable. Yeah, that. But also because we want people to get back on their feet faster and they're going to be nervous and worried and you can help them do it. So by getting some kind of a purpose in there, it gives the unmotivated employee a reason to keep going. Show them the value both within the organization and outside of the organization in a purposeful way. Oh, and by the way, Pat... The other thing is let them know when they've made it. Let them know when they get there. Show them their success. Don't tell them. Show them. Make it something that they can observe and feel good about. And then go on again. You know, Susan, I love what you're talking about. Let me ask you the next question then. Because a lot of the, the points that you're making are so important. And, and the question I think I want to ask you is, do organizations understand this skill that managers need to have? And the reason I bring it up is because, um, you know, when budgets are cut and economies are tight, one of the first things that gets cut is training. And so I wanted to ask you, do organizations or the people at the top understand that their managers need these skills, need how to need how to answer the, the 200 questions in your book? Well, it's an interesting question because who is a manager anyway? So now what you have is a lot of employees who have become the so-called project managers. So they're actually managing, but they're still the peers. So it becomes an even more complex question than that. But um, normally you have managers who have zero, literally zero management training in their past and not a whole lot from the organization, but they become managers because they know the content well or because they're really exceptional employees. So the answer is that it's, it's a crapshoot in a way. I mean, maybe they do have the skills and maybe they don't, but rarely do you find organizations really spending a lot of time, and by the way, ongoing time, not, not just a session here and there or a six-month training, but continuous ongoing updated training to make sure that their managers know what to do, and, and that hurts everybody. You know, Susan, this has been an incredible conversation today, and I'm thrilled you were able to join us. And, and for me, this is a very, very important conversation. How important is it right now that managers not only get to understand and learn how to answer the questions in your book, but how important is it for us to get our managers up to speed? What's really on, on the bottom line here? The whole organization, because mm -hmm. we're so fragmented, de decentralized, so unstructured as organizations in so many ways, and so virtual. The only glue that you have now is the managers. And so it's imperative that we start looking at the manager's role, valuing it more, giving the training and support that they need, and recognizing that, no, they don't have that training when they go into the job, and they need the organization to support them. You know, thank you for joining us here today. I mean, you know, this is this is one of these conversations where 
one question leads to another, which leads to another, which leads to another. I want to ask you a question about women in power, you know, as we wind down this hour or wind up this hour, actually. And, and that is the issue of even saying women in power. How can we as women move beyond whatever uh, stigma we have around the word empower? Are we faced with different issues today? And, you know, have we truly moved beyond the glass ceiling? You know, Pat, that's such an amazing question, and it's worth a whole show just looking at it. If you look at the Hillary campaign, mm-hmm. um, you see a lot of these issues coming up. If she's really, really aggressive and out there, then she's being a you-know-what B.I., yeah. right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. If she is um, empathetic and really caring, as Obama tends to be, then she's being, you know, the kind of woman, well, she was first lady and she served tea, which, of mm-hmm. course, she didn't, you know. But, but it, it pegs her as a sort of weak woman. Women, we as women are in an amazingly difficult situation, and I think that we underestimate how difficult it is. However, and, you know, hear me roar, <laughs> but the reality is women are tough and women are strong, and we can get to whatever place we need to go to. But I think by raising the questions like the one that you're raising now, Pat, are, um, is the only way to go. We've got to start talking about it. We've got to stop look, start looking at it. We've got to stop kidding ourselves that this is easy or that women can just go in and be managers and have everybody accept the fact that that's what they are. It ain't going to happen, and we've got to start um, making, making it work for us, us as women. You know, Susan, as we look at, you know, the book that you've written, and, and, and as we said, it's a recent book. Uh, have you come up with new questions since you put that out? Now, I know that this book is, um, you know, basically hot off the press, very recent. Yeah. But I, I can only imagine that, you know, there are questions that lead to other questions. What insight have you gotten here recently uh, that would tend you to sit down and say, you know, these are some other questions. This I've forgotten. This is something I want to know more about. When we return from break, Susan Benjamin, my guest today, will give you the wrap-up and share that information. What's the next horizon for Susan and for all of us in the workplace? Stay tuned. We'll be right back. search is over. The Dr. Pat Show, talk radio to thrive by, is your connection to tens of thousands of people waiting to hear your empowering message, waiting to choose your product or service. Dr. Pat's goal is to connect you with the people that want high-quality products and services created with love for humanity and the earth. Products and services like yours. Be the business that joins the buzz. The Dr. Pat Show buzz. The buzz of talk radio to thrive by. Connect with people that value conscious living and mindful thinking. Living life full out. Have your business be identified with this powerful and inspiring show. Join the buzz. Be the buzz. Let the Dr. Pat Show talk radio to thrive by. Be the conduit to those who would benefit most from your services. To sponsor the Dr. Pat Show, call Dr. Pat at 206-523-5522. That's 206-523-5522. Let our success be your success. 
1972, Sir Table opened in Seattle, selling hard-to-find kitchen items, and now they have 55 stores nationwide, offering kitchen tools from around the world to prepare any cuisine. Sir Table has a full range of houseware and kitchen products, even books and food. Visit a Sir Table store, or better yet, for faster service, go to the HealthyLife.net's advertiser page and click on Sir Table. With the best products, gift cards, and sale items, you can be on your way to being a first-class cook right now. Information, entertainment, worldwide. HealthyLife.net. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back to the Dr. Pat Show. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Susan Benjamin, my very special guest. Susan, you know, as a wrap-up, I, I wanted you to share your personal message Uh what are we looking at here? What can we what can we have hope about? What's the next horizon? The universe is flowing so much faster. The good news is we're all interconnected. We can make things happen quickly, but we can make them happen meaningfully, too, meaningfully. The bad news is that if you're not staying on top of the changes, they'll swallow you up. So you've got to stay there, read, be attuned to it, listen to the Dr. Pat show. Um, really important that you know what's ahead of you because it's coming and you want to get the most from it and not get the least. Well, Susan, thank you so much for joining us today, and much success to you and all that you do. Let's give out your website before we sign off here. That is www.thegreatervoice.com and www.susanfbenjamin.com, F as in whatever you want to put in there, I would say say. <laughs> I would say fabulous. Thank you for joining us here today. And to uh, all of our friends at Healthy Life, thank you so much for pushing all the right buttons and making this happen. To all of you that tune us in and turn us on each week, we want you to know that you are so truly loved and deeply in our hearts, and that's why we're creating even a bigger platform for you to tell your friends about and to keep things moving so that we are connecting all the positive vibrational points in our life. Until next week, step out into the world, hold your head up high, and make it happen. Get out of the gate in 2008. We'll see you next week on the Dr. Pat Show.